Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Sports Stuff. I'm not even a fan. I'm your host, Wim Lou, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors. I wouldn't even say survive. I would say finish strong, really. Um, taking the game by a score of 104 to 98 against the Chicago Bulls. It was a must win. Um, considering the fact that both teams are very closely bunched up in the play-in chase. Uh, the Bulls had already gotten two wins in this matchup already. So Raptors needed to take this one, and they did. Um, strong fourth quarter by Toronto, winning by uh, 34 to 26. And, and pretty interesting decisions by Nick Nurse sort of throughout the game. But I think my overall impression and where I wanted to start was just like, it was a good team effort. Like the Raptors extended the rotation 10 deep. Um, you know, Will Barton even got in for a very, very quick shift, uh, even though he had just been announced as a signing um, like two hours before tip off. And then he was already out there. Like I was looking look at my phone and seeing the, the Shams and Woj reports. And then I'm walking in the arena and I'm already seeing Will Barton fully in a Raptors uniform ready to go. And I wasn't expecting him to play, but even he played. So that made uh, 10 guys who played tonight, and uh, the Raptors were able to pull out the win. And, and to be honest, some good things that a lot of the guys did, but especially in that fourth quarter where the Raptors opened that fourth um, with Scotty and OG leading that bench group. Scotty, OG, and Gary. Gary was the guy who was demoted to the bench as predicted, um, as many sort of expected. He was the likely candidate to move that second unit, but he did really well in his role off the bench, and he had 19 points, five rebounds, and assists, three steals. Uh, more importantly, he hit, you know, uh, five threes and two key free throws down the stretch there to sort of put the game out of reach in an intentional fouling situation. But uh, it was OG and it was Scotty having to lead that second group. And to be honest, it was dicey. Like, I wasn't really sure how it was going to go because it wasn't like the bench was like uh, was excellent in the first half. Rather, it was the opposite. However, I thought the Raptors did a really good job with that bench group playing out of the post, playing smart basketball. Nobody was necessarily the one guy to initiate everything. But at the same time, you know, you had um, options in the post, whether it was Thad Young, whether it was OG Anobi, whether it was occasionally Scotty Barnes, where they were able to post up Chicago's guards. The Bulls have a lot of guards in the rotation. You can post up a guy like Kobe White and, and draw the defense to you, a second defender. You can post up DeMar DeRozan. You can even post up Alex Caruso and, 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 and uh, um, Patrick Beverly, as, as pa- Pascal did throughout the course of this game. So... You know, the Raptors were able to play out of that post scenario, and, and they just got enough offense. More importantly, they got a lot of great defense um, from those guys. I thought in the fourth quarter in particular, the Raptors do not win this game at all without OG Anobi and Scotty Barnes. The, the, the help defense that the two of those guys played down the stretch was just phenomenal. And when you think about Scotty Barnes and the fact that he had four blocks, all four were at the basket, all four were live, and three of those resulted in uh, runouts for the Raptors. And, and the only reason the fourth one didn't result in the runout is because he blocked the initial shot. Andre Drummond got the rebound in the crowd, went back up. Scotty blocked that second shot, and the Raptors broke the other way as well. So Scotty was making great defensive plays down the stretch. OJ Anobi making a couple of strips um, in, in traffic. He was guarding DeMar DeRozan. And, man, DeMar DeRozan, think of how many times the wrath of DeMar DeRozan has come into Toronto and done what he's done, hit game winners, hit, you know, dunked on Chris Boucher's head, you know, had 30 pieces, all that kind of stuff. For OJ Anobi to hold him to 13 points, like put it this way, OJ Anobi had more points than DeMar DeRozan had, right? Phenomenal game. Um, not only because OJ Anobi had the dunk of the night where he took it strong against DeMar, again, in a post-up scenario, the double didn't come this time, and OG was able to muscle his way around DeMar, go the long way. He started on the uh, left block as I'm looking down at the court right here, and getting into the lane and dunking him with two hands uh, from the opposite side. 
across the lane. Um, that was a beautiful dra- the beautiful take by by OG. But more importantly, it was the defense against Demar. And of course, in the fourth quarter, the standout moment was OG Anobi stepping in for a charge against Demar Derozan, originally called as um, a blocking foul for an and one, but instead Nick Nurse was able to use the review correctly. And, uh, and OJ Anobi was in position to take that charge. And by the way, that was interesting, too, because this is something you only notice in arena where you can look down at Nick. So he sees the play happen, right? DeMars gets, made, gets the basket and he's about to step to the free throw line. In that sort of like 10, 15 seconds of um, sort of like just deciding what to do and sort of the calm and that little chaos there, you have a very, very important pivotal moment where Nick Nurse looks at his assistants and there's one of the assistants on the second row who has an iPad in their hands at all times, and he is in charge of the reviews. Like, it's not just his call, but at the same time, like, because Nick can't overrule him, but it's at the same time, he's got to be the one who is able to look back on the review. And I was really anxious because in that three, four seconds there, that's really pivotal. As soon as DeMar catches the ball uh, from the referee for the free throw, you can't review anymore. So in, in that little bit of time when they're sort of just shuffling around, you need to make that decision. I'm looking over at the at the Raptors assistant and he just was fumbling. He's fumbling. And I, I'm getting nervous. Like, I'm like, yo, this is a huge, huge moment here and a must win. It's a one possession game. DeMar DeRozan's about to get three points and you don't have the answer for me. Luckily, the Raptors were in Scotiabank Arena and they were able to get the review to play on the Jumbotron. So Nick Nurse, instead of looking at his assistants, was able to look up at the board, saw the play once, immediately called for that review. And it was perfect. The Raptors went to that review and it raced the play. OG was in position. And there you go. The three points are off the board for Chicago. And, I, I mean, again, just over the course of this game, OG played great defense against DeMar Rosen. You know, his minutes were exactly lined up with DeMar's. So that's really great coaching from Nick Nurse's perspective to sort of pair the two of them. And then, of course, you know, you, you had to have more help as well. And I thought, Scotty, especially in the fourth quarter, the Raptors decided not to use Jacoperto at all in the fourth quarter. He had played 26 minutes through three, game, uh, three quarters. You know, he was largely there to check Nick Vucevic. But Vucevic was actually able to get a lot of offense off in this game. A lot of that was in the pick and pop because usually Jacoperto would, you know, drop back in the in the lane. And it wasn't even like he was in a deep drop or anything like that. But he would, you know, just hang inside the three-point arc. And the Wizards were, or the, the Bulls were able to run a lot of pick and pops with Zach Levine, with DeMar DeRozan, with whoever, and just pop it out to Vucevic, who was able to knock down four threes. So Nick decides down the stretch, I'm not going to put Jacoperto in the game. I'm going to throw a curveball at the Bulls. That was a big source of offense for you. Guess what? You don't have it anymore. Because now we're going to close with Scotty Barnes at center. We're going to go to the original starting lineup of Pascal Siakam, Scotty Barnes, Gary Trent Jr., Fred Van Vliet, and OJ Anobi. And we are going to switch a lot of those matchups. And that really screwed up the Bulls. The Bulls looked really confused on offense in the fourth quarter. Really, really smart coaching from uh, from Nick Nurse because through three quarters, he had played it much more traditionally with Jakoperto and with him dropping to cover against these really good driving guards in DeMar DeRozan and, and, and Zach Levine, you don't get to also then jump out at Nick Vucevic, right, without sort of providing enough help. So that changeup was, was a really good one, and I thought the Bulls were just kind of confused in their offense. You saw a lot of strange possessions down the stretch where it wasn't DeMar with a clear out looking to attack, or it wasn't Zach Levine, you know, attacking off a catch and, you know, wrap the, the Bulls swinging the ball around, going side to side, and then attacking against the rotating defense. It was very little of that, and it was a lot more of like, oh, Alex Caruso is cutting through the lane, and he's catching the ball on the move, and then he's not looking to shoot, and then he turns the ball over or DeMar charging into a guy, or, you know, the Raptors, you know, getting the timely opportunities. And I think that's where also Scotty, it's a huge opportunity because, look, you're closing with him at center, 
And yes, you're having, having him switch out on Nick Vucevic and sort of run him off the line and all that kind of stuff. But if you're the center, you need to also be able to help and rotate at the basket, especially against a team like the Bulls who like to drive. And Scotty made four blocks in that stretch. And it was just so really, really fun to watch him do that. Um, and, and so many of those plays were able to lead, lead out to, you know, leak out opportunities for the Raptors going the other way. And so, you know, typically, and, and I'm definitely guilty of this, I was looking at this game like, okay, well, Pascal and Yaka, who were both playing well, by the way. Yaka was a plus 13. Pascal was a plus three. Um, but you, you you didn't actually go back to Jakob that um, at, at all in the fourth quarter, and you actually were able to keep Pascal on the bench for the first four uh, six minutes maybe um, of the uh, of the fourth quarter. And um, yeah, I mean, still you had to close it out. I think mostly it was done with defense because offensively there are still just like very very ugly moments. You know, you saw Pascal miss two back to back. Pull-up jumpers on the same possession where the Raptors also got another offensive rebound and Fred missed a three as well. So it's like, and then Gary missed a step-back jumper and he got called for an offensive foul, which actually, by the way, was a very, very important play because I think it was a, I believe it was a four-point game and the Raptors had gotten three offensive rebounds on the same possession. So this was their fourth shot. They gave it out to Gary and Gary shot the ball and he missed it um, on a step-back. Gary is, you know, what she does pretty often, to be honest, leaves the trailing leg out there to sort of catch some contact. And, um, you know, sometimes he obviously he falls and sometimes the officials gives him the call. But a lot of the times that is an offensive foul. And not only was that a big call, because that was originally ruled as a uh, loose ball foul, which would have made no sense. Um, but it was ruled as an offensive foul. The key importance there is the Raptors were in the bonus. Um, and if they had ruled it a loose ball foul, that's two free throws for the Bulls. Um, you know, only down four with the shot clock turned off uh, and with two timeouts. That's a very manageable situation. The Bulls could go to the free throw line and make both, and all of a sudden it's two points, and the Raptors have to really protect. Instead, the Bulls were called um, – uh, the, the, Gary was called correctly for the kickout, which is an offensive foul, which you don't actually get free throws on that, even if you are in the bonus. The other thing that's really important is because if the referees didn't call anything involving the shot with Gary at the top, Pascal would have very likely been called for his second loose ball foul of the fourth quarter against Patrick Beverly, who was able to successfully flop against Pascal on the first one, get himself to the free throw line because the Raptors were getting the bonus. Uh, and the second time, Pascal kind of did the same thing, probably was even more physical with Patrick Beverly, and this time he also sold the contact. And I was really afraid that that was actually the call. Instead, though, the Bulls actually have to then play offense down four. DeMar DeRozan drives. This is why I don't like, though. DeMar drives. OG has him. Right, the, the help defense with Pascal and Scotty were both there. Samar the saw three guys at the rim, but they called a foul on OG. And when you looked at the review, it was very clean. Like there's nothing that OG did wrong on the play. Um, but Demar goes to the free throw line, ball no line moment. He misses the first free throw, makes the second one. The Raptors are up three, um, and then yeah, they're able to close it out towards the end there. So, man, um, you know it, it's a uh, it, it was a strong effort, especially in the fourth quarter. I, I really liked it. I thought OG and and, and Scotty were the two guys who are the most important in that stretch. But you got you got some pretty good contributions there, too. And I think that, you know, for Nick, he nailed a lot of the decisions in this game, right? The starting lineup, he decided not to go with Gary in the starting group. But guess what? The starting group actually did pretty well when you think about it, right? Um, Pascal was uh, 20 points, uh, OG 17, 11 for Scotty, 14 for Jakob. I thought Jakob did well covering in terms of as a team defender, but it's just that the, like, the scheme that they were playing with Nuk Vucevic, it, it just, you know, he's able to pop out there for threes, and he ended up finishing with 23 points, and he was fairly effective. Um, but Jakob played well in his own right as well, and, and he was a plus 13. So uh, I definitely don't mind the minutes that he was playing. 
And then Fred played 35. I mean, one of nine from three, one of 11 from the field overall. Clearly, that's very, very bad. But he did come in and give you nine assists and ran the pick and roll really well with Jakob Pertl. He fed him at least four times for layups. Um, so that's good. But at the same time, of course, like, I mean, one of 11 is just grisly to look at. Um, but I thought the starting group actually played really well. Like, they, they all came out and played really well in the first quarter. They played well in the third quarter as well. They started the third quarter a little slow. They had a tur- couple turnovers. The Bulls were starting to, you know, pull away there. But the Raptors were able to rally, get the game back. And in the first quarter, I would say, the Raptors starters played it strong, and their bench gave it up. And then the third quarter, the Raptors opened up a little bit weak with the starters, but the starters were able to get themselves back into the same position and hand it off to the bench. And that's where the bench groups and, and the transition groups, they did really well. And so I got to give Nick credit for, for getting the starting lineup right again this game, getting the defensive strategies right in terms of um, having OJ and Obi on DeMar DeRozan, which was the easy part, um, but also being able to show help against DeMar, turn him into a passer. By the way, DeMar only had, look, he only had five free throw attempts, DeMar DeRozan, only had two assists, had three turnovers, and only had 13 points on 11 shot attempts. That's beautiful stuff, man. Like, you don't understand. DeMar is, I mean, you probably do understand because everyone knows who DeMar is. But, like, DeMar has gone so good. That I, I don't remember a game ever this quiet from him. When you think about total offensive production, and he only had 13 points, two assists, and five free throw attempts, amazing, amazing stuff by the Raptors with three turnovers as well. So credit to Nick for, for drawing that up. Credit to OJ Anobi for executing the scheme. That's the harder part. Um, and also for Nick to get the starting lineup right because they did start the game well. And then, of course, having Gary in the bench role, giving him opportunities to attack, right? Small little concessions, but I think they meant a lot. Like the end of the first quarter, for example, the, uh, Fred had the ball and he was leading that group and whatever. That bench group was not doing well, mostly because of Pascal and Precious or uh, uh, Chris Boucher and Precious, who were both making just boneheaded plays. Um, and that gave up the, the, the advantage that the starters had created. But at the end of the first quarter, it was like 20 seconds left on the shot clock, um, uh, on the clock, game clock. The shot clock was turned off. The Raptors had the final possession. And... Usually you would see Fred take that, but instead he gave it to Gary one-on-one and just let Gary attack. And listen, Gary didn't do anything with it. He drove and then got a little step-back jumper and, and, and bricked it against Andre Drummond. And it was it was a nothing burger. It was a bad play. But I thought in the grand scheme of things, it was like a small concession. I was like, you know what? The second unit is yours, Gary. Give you the ball. Let you, let you, let you do something with it. And even though that's not the best way to use Gary, Gary is not Lou Williams. Um, but I thought it was a sign of confidence in sort of that ownership of the second unit that belongs to Gary and you got to you know give him a little bit of something right you have you know sent him to the the second unit and we had an interview with Gary last week where Gary was talking about how you know everybody's dream is to be a starter and all that kind of stuff and clearly Gary did perform well as a starter however he's able to perform well off the bench as well and he was able to come in and contribute with 19 points and then the other small concession which is also tied to the defensive decision by Nick Nurse to close small was that Gary closed the game. And ultimately, what's the most important thing is who closes the game. And, you know, it was interesting because I just had this discussion with Blake Murphy on the Raptors show this um, this afternoon where I asked him, okay, look, what's the starting lineup? And we both predicted that Gary would go to the bench, which is what happened. Um, but how do you close the game? Specifically, how do you close the game protecting a lead? How do you close the game chasing uh, a deficit? And... For us, we said that protecting the lead, we want to see Yak in there. And for chasing the, the game, we want to see Gary in there for more offense. And Nick actually did the reverse. He did the counterintuitive thing. Because Eve, I was waiting for, as soon as Nick Vucevic checked into the game, for Yaka Proto to check into the game. I thought their minutes were tethered. But Nick decides to start uh, finish with the smaller group, and it really worked. The guys were able to switch and rotate. And listen, 
you know, you're going to have to give up a couple of things. And the Raptors are able to blitz a lot better with their, their quicker players. Um, it's just, it's nothing against Yak. He's pretty fleet-footed for our center, as we've all seen here. But at the same time, like, it's just different. Against a, a wing and stuff like that, they're just able to fly around a lot better. Um, and with some of that, you, you are going to blitz, you know, Zach. You are going to blitz DeMar. And the kickouts are going to be there. And listen, sometimes Patrick Beverly will hit a three, or sometimes Alex Caruso will do something, or sometimes they'll get an offensive rebound or whatever. But you have to live with some of those results, and the Raptors are able to limit Chicago and, and keep their main guys quiet. Even Zach Levine, who was primarily guarded by uh, Fred, I thought that was interesting because I, I thought that, you know, typically you would see, you know, okay, so uh, OG would be on DeMar, and then Scotty would be on the other opposing wing right and you would expect okay well exactly obviously he's an explosive score we put scotty on him no it was actually fred and i think that the onus there was sort of just to like have fred fight around screens and stay attached to zach a little bit better and whatever zach was definitely able to get free against fred especially in the second half especially in the third quarter but ultimately when you look at the final results zach levine only having 17 points and three assists i'd take that you know i, I definitely would take that so i thought fred also did a pretty good job defensively uh, in his own right, although I did think that, you know, the, the Bulls were starting to figure that out by the second half. But, um, yeah, you know, in between, those were a little bit shaky. I thought, again, like the reason I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed with Precious and Chris. So Chris only got six minutes in the first half. And he was clearly skipped in this spot in the rotation. He was the, one of the first starter or one of the first bench guys to come in for the starter in the first quarter. But for most of the second quarter, Nick didn't even play Chris. Right. And a lot of that was just like. Guys were kind of getting each other's way. They were cutting and, and, and each other off. Like, there was a play where Precious um, should have made the swing pass out into the corner um, to, I think, Gary, who was open. And that's absolutely a pass you got to make 100% of the time. Instead, uh, Precious keeps the ball under no pressure, by the way. He could have just swung it. It was a very easy pass. Did not swing it. Did not read a situation. Um, started driving as Pascal was cutting out. And so he literally drove into Pascal, luckily to keep the possession there. Still holds on to the ball, can't get the ball to, to to Pascal, and then decides to take it in himself, drives in against two and gets stripped. Like, there's just moments like that, and it just happened repeatedly with him and Chris, where it was just like, you guys have to do so much better. There's no reason for Precious Chua to be a minus 14 in, in his 12 minutes tonight, where the Raptors, everyone else was pretty solid. Like, you know, Fred was the only other guy minus four. A lot of that was who had to share the minutes with Precious, too. But, like, to me, it was like Precious was just not doing it for you. And that's so disappointing because he's been performing really well. But since coming back to the bench, especially with Jakoproto back and also some of the other starters back in there, where he's gone back to the second unit, he's back to not producing again. And you just need to get him to do some of the things. You need to make smarter reads, right? There's also play in the fourth quarter where, or, or a third quarter where, you know, Precious is in and he decides to take it in strong from the wing and he gets stripped. And you can see that it's a turnover happening all the way or he's getting blocked and stuff like that. And it's just like, man... Got to be better on that front. We know how good Precious can be. Now, for Chris, I liked what Chris did in the, in the second half, mostly because he was able to start hitting some threes. And we know that his primary game is not just threes. He's also rim running. It's also like a co occasional, you know, um, pick and rolls and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, he was able to find some threes, and the Raptors definitely needed some opposite uh, wing spacing because of how much they were playing through the post, drawing the double teams, swing, swing, swing. And Precious was able, or Chris was able to make three of those threes, and, and he was very, very important in the win. But um, I, I would say Chris had a good second half. Precious had a bad first half and a bad second half. 
Uh, Will Barton got into the game, which, again, I, I expressed my uh, surprise at because, you know, you would expect at least one practice. But then again, you know, he's been in the league. He's 32. Like, maybe we roll him out. And I didn't think anything was was wrong with this approach. He got an open three and he missed it. Um, I think Thad was able to tip it back in. So no harm, no foul, really. Um, that was the only play that he was involved in. Um, he brought the ball up defensively. He walled off a couple of drives. Like, again, it's like very, very standard stuff. Nothing really to write home about. But it was interesting to, to, to sort of see him um, and, and the fact that he was already in the rotation, like literally as soon as this, this news broke, um, was a little bit surprising. This, this might have been the quickest, you know, time of just like getting into the group. And, um, you know, I, I think for me, I, I'm going to have to definitely keep a closer eye on it. I, my initial sense is that like if he obviously can get back to the levels that he was playing at Endeavor, that's the that, that would be amazing. But more than anything else, can you score a little bit off the bench? Can you be a secondary ball handler? Can you do a little bit of creating? Like, you know, Will Barton's a guy who can be a threat to score. And when he is a threat to score, then he can open up some playmaking opportunities for everyone else because he can also handle a little bit. Like, you know, there is a good player there and, and, and there is a track record of it. However, he wasn't that good with Washington this year. So um, I'm looking forward to it, though. I, I think I was not expecting the Raptors to be in the buyout market. So seeing him in the group um, really does um you know surprise you a little bit however yeah he, he just wasn't playing all that much with Denver having said that or Washington however having said that I mean even if he just did what he did in Washington which is to come into the game knock down 38 percent of his threes um and and score eight points a game off the bench in 20 minutes I will happily take that with two assists and two rebounds that's a lot more than what the Raptors other uh, reserve guards were doing but um yeah Nick decides to roll 10 deep, realistically only nine, because we'll only play four. But, uh, you know, he got in there, and, and, and the Raptors will have a, a practice, I believe, tomorrow before they fly out to Washington. Um, so, you know, he'll have a chance to sort of acclimate himself before, you know, Will Barton goes on his personal revenge tour. Which, by the way, so the two places, well, I guess he played at three places. He played at uh, Portland as well. That's where he started his career. Um, but primarily, the, the reason people know him is from his time at Denver and his time in Washington. Um, this past season and the Raptors just happened to be playing Denver twice and also Washington three times in their last 20 games here. So, you know, honestly, maybe even just for the intel on its own, it, it might be a good idea to make this move. But regardless, it was interesting to see him in there. I, I do think that it's, um, you know, the, the consequence of that is, OK, so we've been talking about Jeff Down and it's like, oh, look at this little defense here and, and occasional buckets here and there. Yeah, he, he didn't play in this game. And honestly, as long as the guys are healthy, he probably won't. Um, Weezy camp, we're like, oh, you know, like you remember that one game? You know, they, everyone called him Weezy or whatever, the Joe Exotic, all that kind of stuff, which I'm not sure anyone wants to be called, to be honest. Um, but now he's not on the rotation, and, and Christian Cloak was not in the rotation, and Malachi Flynn is not in consideration, and Delano Banton is on the bench there tonight too. And it's just like they're they're trying to make this push, and I think Will definitely brings something that the rest of the group wasn't doing in terms of those other names I was mentioning. So, you know, it is an improvement on that front. But yeah, I mean, overall in this game, like. You know, it was it was gritty. And, and you know what? I think if I'm going to be completely honest about it, there were so many moments when you're watching this game, you're like, damn, the Raptors just can't get out of their own way. You know, and they're just making these mistakes. Obviously, you know, Precious was doing that uh, and Chris was doing that. And, and we get a little bit used to the two of them being really up and down. But you're even seeing it from OG with some of the plays where he takes it and he just puts his head down and he barrels and he gets called for charges against DeMar or he gets stripped trying to go up against three guys. Like, he's just got to make better reads there. Scotty was also like really quiet in the first half. You know, I think he had, I think he only had zero in the first half. Like, I think he was scoreless in the first half. Um, and a couple of plays where, you know, he wasn't really in position. 
you know, and, and it, it, it's across the board. Like, Fred taking some ill-advised threes here or there, trying to just get himself into the offense. Clearly, it wasn't his night. One of 11 from the field. He did do a great job of playmaking, and the Bulls did do a great job of blitzing against Fred, and so that's where he was able to get a lot of those chances because he draws two defenders to him on the pick and roll. The Bulls chose to sort of really blitz him and force him not to have the ball, and so that really allowed Jacopo to slip a lot of those screens, roll hard, catch the ball, finish on the move. That Again, like it was at least four, maybe even five pick and roll possessions where Fred was able to feed Yak for layups. But, you know, like Fred was forced a couple of shots here. Um, you know, you saw that one possession late where Pascal missed two mid-range jumpers. And it was like, that was, you, you could just tell in his mind that's exactly the only movie he was really going for. And it's like, you know, e- even Thad Young, right? There was a play in the end of the third quarter and we were all like bewildered in the booth where the Raptors forced to miss Thad Young got the rebound and whatever like it wasn't like I was expecting Thad Young to go like coast to coast like Giannis in like five seconds or something but he had like five seconds when he rebounded the ball and he just decided to chuck the ball full length of the floor at about like I don't know like there was like three seconds left on that clock and, and the shot was from so far out that when it landed, the Bulls almost had no time on the clock but it was like why not throw a hit ahead pass for a better look why heave from half court, not knowing the clock, that's like the one thing you should look out for when you're running up the floor. And it's like, if Thad's also making, you know, you know, just brain farts, like this team is in such a weird spot. And that's why this game was close. Like at no point did I really feel like, okay, the Raptors couldn't handle the Bulls. I thought their strategy was good. They blitzed them well. The Bulls did make threes. I mean, 10 of 25 is not bad, especially with Vucevic, you know, uh, capitalizing there. They shot the ball decently, but the Raptors turned them over a lot. And, and, and it wasn't even like the offense was that, prominent for Chicago it just felt like the Raptors just couldn't get out their own way until the fourth quarter when they started to really play free and play loose and um yeah just a lot better in terms of the clarity get it into the post draw the second defender swing out play play from there like it's not that hard but sometimes the Raptors do make it look that hard but ultimately they get the win here and that's what you really want to see so in order to wrap up the pod um your first star from tonight's game um man I'm going to give it to Scotty. I really, really liked what Scotty did. I mean, again, like it was very uneven, as we've seen with a lot of these performances where Scotty comes on strong late. But I can't deny the fourth quarter, like especially when the game was really close and it was like a one possession game throughout most of the fourth quarter. Scotty was making so many plays, man. Switching up to center, guarding against Vucevic, the blocks at the rim, four blocks for him tonight, four assists, eight rebounds. There's a play where he blocked a shot, pushed the ball up the floor, then flipped it behind to Pascal on the trailer for the dunk. Huge play, gets the crowd going, relieves some pressure, puts the uh, lead from like four to six points. Like huge opportunities like that, offensive rebounds, putbacks, you know. He was just doing all over, right? And, and he was switching on to DeMar as well and did a great job of forcing DeMar. To, he didn't even let DeMar get a shot off, too. And we're talking about DeMar DeRozan. Like, DeMar is such a crafty offensive player. How often can you say DeMar couldn't get a shot off, but Scotty was the one sort of blanketing him in addition to OG, switching a lot of those matchups. You know, eventually the Bulls went to positions where they were like, okay, come with a, someone else to screen, please, because I don't want to involve um, Vucevic in the screen anymore, even though he was scoring a lot. They weren't going to Vucevic in the screen anymore, and they were going instead to, I think, Patrick Beverly to try to bring uh, Gary into the switch because they were they didn't want to attack Scotty. And what does that say? When you're so good at defending in that, in that matchup and you were so locked in that they said, no, I don't even want to go with my leading scorer in this game, 23 points for Nick Vucevic. I'm not going to go to him in the screen. I'm going to go to someone else just because of how good I don't want that matchup with Scotty Barnes. Like, you got to tip your hat to him, man. Um, he, he was great. And he also knocked down a three late clock scenario there, knocked down two threes overall tonight. 
Um, so he's your first star. 11 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, a steal, 4 blocks, plus 19 in 35 minutes. Your second star is going to go to OG Ananobi. Um, you know, I'm not going to lie. A lot of frustrating moments for me offensively in this one. You know, I, I keep definitely, I think I'm more closely harping on his offense because of the fact that you do feel like he can be so, so efficient if he plays the game simple rather than if he plays the game with the mind to score. I thought when he, when he was in the post, outside of that one dunk on DeMar, which obviously was amazing, you know, it wasn't necessarily a great look for him to score. However, every time he drew the double team, he was able to kick it out and the Raptors were able to get great offense out of those kickouts. So I like that from him. I like the 17 points. I like the eight rebounds. I like the fact that he knocked down two threes. You know, I think he's, you know, he has more opportunities to take those threes. He turns them down today and they became turnovers. Um, and, and that is something that, you know, you have to watch out for. Again, OG can be so much more efficient in that role if he simplifies it. But at the same time, it's the defense, man. DeMar DeRozan only have 13 points with two assists. I can't believe it. Like OG and OB did such a great job on that front. That might be DeMar's worst game of the season. If I just have to guess. Definitely as quiet as against against Toronto, which is clearly a team he gets up to play. And then your third star, I mean, look, listen, there is a case to give it to Gary here, but I, I do think that it is Pascal Siakam. He was the primary scorer throughout the, uh, the first three quarters. In the fourth quarter, unfortunately, he wasn't able to get the shots to drop, and I know that that's a point of emphasis for a lot of people. I get it. But 20 points, eight rebounds, three assists, a block. I thought he also played really good, helped defense as well down the stretch, him coming over to block at the rim. He was primarily the rover because of the fact that he was covering, you know, uh, Caruso or Pat Beverly at some times. And so he's, his job is to come over and be the third defender and force Levine and, and DeMar to be passers. And I thought he did a good job of that. Um, and, yeah, you know, like just as always, he brings structure to the, the offense and to the team. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, you know, good team, good team win, though. Like it wasn't necessarily like a super impressive win, but it was a necessary win and they played tough down the stretch. I love winning with defense down the stretch too. I think that's the Raptors calling card. Uh, offensively, obviously it's going to be a little clunky. Um, and that's, that's an understatement, but, uh, they got the jump done tonight. So, um, yeah, happy for the Raptors, happy for all of us in the building. And uh, I'm going to wrap up the show there. Oh yeah. Gerald Henderson award winner. Uh, that's, I mean, I don't even know, to be honest, man. Uh, hmm. Drummond? I'm going to give it to Drummond. I thought Drummond played good defense off the bench, which is rare. You don't usually uh, hear that statement. Did a great job of controlling the glass. Bulls played a lot of drop coverage. Um, and he clearly won the matchup against Precious Achua. He's a big reason why the Raptors couldn't uh, win a lot of those bench minutes uh, throughout the first uh, three quarters. Um, faded in the fourth quarter because he got blocked by Scotty, but still um, six points, ten rebounds, uh, uh, an assist, a block, made two free throws. Not bad for Drummond. So that does it for the Reaction Podcast. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Continue to rate, review, subscribe. And, uh, yeah, we'll have more Raptors news and analysis every day on the Raptor show between uh, 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern. So check in then. And, uh, yeah, salute to all the fans that we I saw at the arena today and also people that saw me biking to the arena as well. I appreciate it. And, um, yeah, let's, let's, let's keep this play and push running, baby.